Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Get ready is all I'm going to tell you. All right, for some of you that excites, for some of you it scares to death. Well, either way, get ready. There's a reason why a roller coaster has a seatbelt. Put it on, right? Get ready. Get ready. Thank you so much for being here and being in worship with us today. Thank you for um, doing what the Holy Spirit wanted us to do today and obeying that. Um, I think we're going to have more opportunities to see that be done because I think that's where God is moving us to. I believe that if God has given the church a season of humility then that means he's brought us down, he's shaken us down, he's pressed us down, and get ready to run over. Some of you need to know your word. Go back and read that. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and eventually running over. If you want to know the context of that scripture, he's talking about how men are going to give into the kingdom of God. And that's going to be in multiple ways. But if you look at also a deeper version of that scripture, you're going to see what pressed down, shaken together, and running over means. It says that we... How many of you really get mad whenever you open up a bag of potato chips and it's only a third full? All right, some of y'all are lying. You know, some of y'all, I don't eat potato chips. I don't eat potato chips. They're bad for me. Yeah, right. It ticks me off sometimes when I open it up and I'm like, I paid for $4 for a bag. Actually, we don't because Stephanie won't let us pay full price. She's found all of the ways we get them on sale, right? But uh, I paid for that. Why am I only getting half a bag? Well, what's happened is what? In shipping, it has settled down. Well, in those days, they'd take a sack, they'd pour it full, and then they'd shake it and they'd pat it down and they'd shake it and they'd pat it down so they could do what? put more on it and then they'd shake it and they'd pat it down and they'd shake it and they'd pat it down and they'd shake it and they'd pat it down so that they can pour more on and Jesus said I'm not even going to stop with that I'm going to run it over I'm going to run it over what I'm trying to say is if a church is going through a humbling season a season of being shaken down it's for the reason of making room for the Holy Spirit to come and run over it that to do anything, to, to, to jump any height at all, you must first, what, go down. To, to shoot an arrow far at all, it must first be drawn back. And what we've seen in the church is a drawing back, but it's getting ready. I think it's in the hands of God Himself to be shot forward into the season that I know He has for it. It's a revival season. It is a revival season. It's a season of seeing God restore. When I talk about a revival season, I've got, I've got two or three things I really would like to discuss with you today, and we'll see what time we have. There's just so much going on in my spirit and my mind right now, and I hope I'm going to try to be a good steward over what He wants done in, in our service today. 
but when I talk about a revival season, it is a restoration. Not a restoration of the world, a restoration of the church. If my people... Okay, I'm going to have to amen myself today, I see. If my people are called by my name, who, in other words, they're going to remember who they are. They're going to remember who, what they're called to do and who they're called to be. They're going to remember what their purpose is. And they're going to remember why they've been put here. And they're going to remember why God has them still here at such a time as this. And they're going to remember that they're called to be praisers and they're called to be worshipers. They're going to remember that God has an anointing upon His church at such a time as this to do something very special. God is calling us, church. He's calling us. He's calling us to to get ready to step up in obedience. But He's calling His church. He's not calling the world. There's nothing in Scripture that says He calls the world. He moves through it. He searches through it, looking whom He can find to, 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 to give Him glory and praise. His eyes are running to and fro throughout that. He's, he, he always has a remnant. He, he is looking for His church. He's looking at His church first. He's calling and crying out to His church first. It is the church's job to hear His voice, not the world's. It is the church's job to be the move of the Holy Spirit, not the world's. It is the church's job to rise up and stand for what is right. It is the church's job to stand in the gap and intercede for those that are messed up, mixed up, and confused. And there's a lot of that going around right now. There's a lot of that going around right now. There's a lot of people getting what they think they want. And I will promise you, mark the words, it's not going to make them happy. It's not going to give them peace. I know I've been there. I know y'all have been maybe a little better than that, but I've gotten what I wanted sometimes and found out that taste wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. Amen? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, I've done it in a stupor. Uh, be careful. When you, when you reach for something you think you want and you're in a stupor or you're sleepy or you're tired or you're wore out or you're frustrated and you reach out of that, you're going to end up with a mouthful of something you don't want. Let me just explain it to you the only way I know how to do it and it's usually through a food analogy. Oh, there was one time I was kind of tired. I was kind of sleepy, kind of wore out. I was, I, it was, it was, I had a long day. I was a teenager. You know how teenagers think they've had it rough, right? And it was after a two-a-day practice, and all I wanted, all I wanted was a big bowl. And when I say a big bowl, I'm not talking a full kitchen bowl. I'm talking about a big mixing bowl full of Lucky Charms. Oh, God bless the man who made Lucky Charms. Because the best part is the marshmallows. And if you don't think so, I pray for you in Jesus' name. But I wanted a big bowl, but I was, not real, I, was, I was so tired I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. And I poured that bowl full of buttermilk. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I sat down, with, watched my television show. And I sat down with a big spoon and I went to digging in and it didn't take but about a half a second for me to realize when you reach for something while you're messed up in a stupor, you'll end up with something you don't want. And it went 
down because it wasn't going to come out. I was, I was, I was in the living room because you can't just fit right there. So I, the first bite went down, but the second bite, uh-uh. But I had to figure out what I was going to do because, you know, you know, we grew up in high school. You just don't waste a bunch of stuff. And I got three-quarters of a box of cereal in this mixing bowl and probably half a jug of buttermilk. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with that? What would y'all do with that? <laughs> so I started looking at all the marshmallows that's on top. I start picking off the marshmallows that's on top. Nah, that didn't work either. So without mom or dad looking, I dumped it. I dumped it, I got rid of it, and then I realized maybe, maybe I should be more aware of what's going on. Right? Maybe I should be more aware. Maybe I should not allow the influence of other things to cause me to do something that I know I'm going to regret. Maybe I should make sure before I make a move that I'm really doing so under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and not under the anointing of my flesh. Maybe I should be aware. Maybe I should make sure, God, that you are opening up these doorways and these pathways before me. Maybe I should be aware of that. And I believe the church, if we're not careful, will start allowing the influences of the outside to make it grab for what it is they think they want. And if we're not careful, we'll be grabbing for the wrong stuff. What I'm trying to say is, is if you give God glory while He's on the throne, when you approach the throne, when you give Him praise at the foot of the throne, when you place Him on the throne of the of your praises, then He gives dominion where you're at. Quit looking for the dominion. Start looking for praising Him on His throne and seeking Him there. And then the dominion will flow down from Him. Not up from the earth to Him, but down from His throne to us. Look in Scripture. It's the way it's always worked. That's the way it's always worked. So what He's going to restore in us, what He's going to restore His church to, the revival I think is coming, is going to give us five things. I will get to Scripture here in just a minute, but I want you to get this list down. There are five things God is going to restore us with this revival, and He's restoring, I want you to get it, He's restoring the church. Don't look for signs in the world, look for signs in His church. <laughs> That was a blank y'all supposed to fill in. <laughs> don't look for signs in the world. Don't, don't be looking out there going, oh, let's see if God's doing anything or not. Be looking right here. Be look, and I'm, I'm going to go to a scripture with this in just a minute to, to, to tie all this together. Be looking right here. Okay, I'm going to go one step further. Be looking. Be looking right here. Be looking. If everybody brought this right here. This place is going to flood. This place is going to overflow. Other churches are going to overflow. God's going to restore. He's restoring our hearts so He can restore our church. 
He's restoring our hearts so He can restore proper praise. He's restoring our hearts so He can restore proper worship. And what I talked about last week, in order of worship, He's restoring our hearts. And when He brings that restoration, He's going to restore five things. First thing is an awareness of God. He wants to restore an awareness of God to His church. We talked a little bit about this Wednesday, but if, 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 if church is ever in a position where we don't need God to have good church, we're messed up. We're wrong. We're out of sorts. We're out of order. If, if church is ever in a position where we don't need to walk by faith and still be a church, I don't think we're really doing what God's called us to do. I don't think we're really being the church He's called us to be. And it's easy in our culture today not really to have to depend on faith. Right? Most of us got up and got ready and come on and maybe a little bit of faith there because we know that we know how people drive in hot springs. Maybe there was a little bit of faith there for sure, but you know, if you got up and if you came here and you sat down and you get up and you go eat your bucket of fried chicken and you go home and take a nap. If you did all of that, not walking by faith, I think we missed it. Right? I think we missed the point on that. So God wants to restore to the church an awareness of God. An awareness of Him. An awareness of knowing Him. An awareness of His presence. An awareness of what His Holy Spirit is doing. An awareness of what He is speaking. An awareness of what He's wanting to accomplish. An awareness of what's going on in this season. An awareness of His plan to it all. An awareness of Him. So often, every day, we're so aware of everything else that's going to influence us that day. Right? Come on, how many of you look every time you drive by a gas station? Right? We're always looking, we're always being aware, we're always making ourselves aware of what to watch out for. And, and there's no, no shame in that as long as we make sure we're our first awareness is of God. An awareness, you know what, that's the definition of spirituality. It's an awareness of God, it's an awareness that there's more unseen than there is seen. That there's actually more power in the unseen than there is in the seen. And I know that's a lot, that's hard for us to get a lot of times. But there is more power in the unseen than the seen. For the unseen made the seen. Right? The unseen made the seen. The unseen drives the seen. The, 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 the things that are behind the spiritual veil is really what's moving, what's in front of the spiritual veil. That's why what we're facing right now, what you're seeing right now, the madness that is occurring is not flesh and blood. It is flesh and blood reacting to some spiritual warfare going on in this world. It is, it is so sad to see what's going on when a school can't even be safe. That is so sad, but I'm here to tell you, that's not just some person making up his mind to do something weird. That person's influenced by something evil. That is what it is. I, 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 and, and it is so sad. So the only answer to that is this. 
Let's get an influence from God. Let's get an influence from God. Be having awareness of God. Number two, an awareness of sin. Now, I know I can't preach on this too long because it makes me uncomfortable. But to have an awareness of God comes second, an awareness of sin. And Stephanie had no idea this is what we're going to preach on, what I was going to preach on today, but she's, she, she's led by God to sing songs like give us clean hands and give us pure hearts and humble us down and Let's get us to the place where we're washed again, clean. Oh, God's calling on a pure bride. Y'all ever read the parable? You ever read the story that says that He's coming for a bride without spot or blemish? I'm not saying that we are all have to pretend like we're perfect but I am saying that's how much we need to call on God to keep us that way. He's calling us to be holy. He said, be holy. That's Old and New Testament. Be holy, for I am holy. He's not saying, I want you to be absolutely perfect, and if you've ever messed up in your life, then there's no hope for you. No, what He's saying is, is I'm calling you to be mine. I'm calling you to be truthfully, truly mine. Before you are anything else's or anyone else's, I'm calling you to be mine. If a husband knew his first calling was to be God's, and then second the family, then more families would be doing much better. If the wife knew her calling was to be God's child and daughter of the king first, and then second the family, things would then be in order, and the anointing would flow from head down to the feet. You want your kid to be anointed, then you better get in line. If we want our children in this church to be anointed, our church better be in line. We better be in order. Because I'm telling you, our kids are being raised at a time in which they're going to need to be anointed. They're going to have to be anointed. They're going to have to be so covered by the Holy Spirit that 10,000 can fall at one hand and 100,000 can fall at another hand, but they will still be standing strong. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit again, and that only comes to clean vessels. It only comes to clean vessels. The very first miracle Jesus did was turning water into wine and He used the cleansing vessels for that purpose. He used a vessel that was its first priority was to be clean. Its first priority was to be used for the cleansing and then second unto it was other things. And He said, I'm going to take these who have their first priority and their priorities right and those that have allowed me to clean them. And I will fill them. I'm making them new vessels. So that I can pour what? New wine into them. When's the last time you got down on your knees. And your face to God. And said God whatever's in me that is wrong. You change it. You change it. 
When was the last time an entire church hit their face at the altar and just said, God, this service, let's just make this service about, not about five steps to prosperity or seven steps to a better looking facial hair. But what if this service, the entire church just got down on our knees and our face and said, God, whatever you want to do in us and whatever, whatever you need to move out of the way, Because when you get an awareness of God, an awareness of sin begins to show up. And I know we live in a day and time and a culture in which we want Jesus to be more of our homeboy than our actual Lord. But if John, his best friend, the one closest to him while on this earth, the one who leaned on his chest at the Last Supper, if John, who got to stay with him day and night for over three years, if John, who got to see him in the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, if John, who got to be in the inner circle of prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane, if John, who got to be there and watched his Lord be crucified, if John, who got to see the resurrected Savior, his best friend and now resurrected Savior, if John saw him 60 years later on the Isle of Patmos, if his first inclination, if the first thing he did was hit his face and fall as a dead man, then maybe that's the first inclination our church should be. Why? Why fall as a dead? I don't sound very fun. If you fall as a dead man under the humility of the glory of Christ, then Christ will raise you up in the power of His resurrection. There's no raising up without first going down. Y'all who believe in baptism should know that. There's no coming up a new man without going down an old one. And the church has been shaken down. We've gone down and the, the, the we've gone down as the old one. Get ready. Get ready. We're about to come up. Get ready. We're about to come up. Sometimes I think God's waiting for the last bubble to come up. And then he's like, all right, now get them. Pull them up. But when we come up, we're coming up new. We're coming up new. We're coming up out of the sin. We're coming up above the sin. We're coming up with victory over the sin. We're coming up. Oh, turn to your neighbor. Make me a little bit happy today. And turn to your neighbor and say, we're coming up. Third thing is there's a, a freedom. Now this is not a freedom to do what you want. This is a freedom that says that there's nothing the enemy can do to you that will stop what God's doing in your life. You understand that there may be a season of struggle where Pharaoh and Moses banter back and forth and where God's power moves and the magician's power moves and God's power moves and magician's power moves and God's power moves and Pharaoh's power moves and God's hand comes down and Pharaoh's hand comes down. But the last word is God's. 
And when God says, I'm setting them free, I'm setting them free not to just walk out of there, but to walk out of there with more than what they had in the beginning. I'm setting them free in a way that all of the junk that was holding them back and the riches of their captives will actually be going with them. Is it possible that God can bless you even though the enemy wants to hold you back? It's freedom. The Holy Spirit is going to set His people free. He who the Son has set free is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God wants to restore freedom to His church. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom to be who God's called them to be. Freedom. To stand above oppression. Freedom. To look up and over. Freedom. Freedom. The enemy has locked so many people's minds down these days. I wonder how many people in this building are truly free. How many of you really feel free? When was the last time you laid your head down at night and just took a deep breath and said, Thank you God, you've set me free. 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 They didn't say you wouldn't struggle from time to time, but there's a difference in struggling with it and being held captive by it. When you struggle with it, it only makes you stronger. When you're held captive by it, it makes you weaker. God's setting His people free. He's setting His church free. Freedom. Number four, a new appreciation for Scripture. A new appreciation for His Word. A new hunger for His Word. A new hunger like it's bread to them. Hey, don't mess with me today. I've been on a a low-carb diet. And if 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 a Texas Roadhouse basket of rolls went in front of me, I would make an embarrassment out of myself so hard. Maybe you crave the Word of God. Something that is true. And I'm not talking about those who, who say, I, I would like to have more of the Word of God, but I don't completely understand it and I'm intimidated by it. God's going to work you through that. You hear my word. God's going to work you through that. He's doing it even now. Even right now, He's doing it. Even like a baby who's just starting on some, some food for the first time. Just start little bites. Chew it, enjoy it, and get ready. Because you're about to get a mouthful. Right? Just get ready. Because it, it, he's, he's, I'm telling you. But He wants to restore back the church back to an, a, a hunger for the Word of God. If you, if you talk to, to people who are over in the underground church when you really find out that they're willing to sit up all night long to do nothing but just read the Word of God. I personally talked to a missionary who told me, he said, it blew my mind when I went overseas 
And I thought I was just going to kind of go over there and preach a little bit like we do here in America. And he said, when I started my sermon, I read the scripture like normally we do. And when I got to the last verse and I began to pray, he said, all of a sudden, men started standing up and continuing to read where I left off. And he said, they just kept reading. And we went through a chapter and we kept reading. And we went through a book and we kept reading. And while they were reading, everybody else was down on their face praying that the Word of God would become true and tangible in every expression of their life. I think God's going to restore back a hunger for His Word. A hunger for His Word. Devotions are good. Their commentaries are fine. When's the last time you just sat down and read the Word until it moved you? An awareness and a hunger for the Word of God. Appreciation for His Scripture. Uh, number five. The last one is an anointing to do His ministry. I think a fresh anointing is going to come to do His ministry. Because there's a lot of ministry that needs to be done. There's a lot of service that's, that's needing to be done right now. There's more ministry opportunities right now than I can physically get to. There, there's, there's more need out there. And I'm not talking about just simply, here's a chicken sandwich. I'm talking about spiritual needs going on right now. You may hand them a chicken sandwich, but what they're really needing is, what they're really wanting is God. I, I, I want and I always want to make sure that I serve a church that is hungry and anointed to minister. That's all I know. That's all I know is just a servant. I am nothing more than that. God gives me the privilege of, of getting up and talking to you a little bit every week. But at the heart of who I am, I'm, I'm nothing more than a servant. That's all I am is just give me a, just give me a wash rag and a bowl. and It don't bother me to wash the crustiest foot in the room. It, it doesn't bother me to do some stuff that make other people cringe. It, it, I've rolled my sleeve up and gotten more messes. I've wiped more stuff and cleaned more things. I've helped people get out of stuff that was so embarrassing. Because you know what? God's done that a time or two in my life. Yesterday. <laughs> A hunger for ministry. If you don't have, can I say this with all love? If you don't have a servant's heart right now, you need to be praying for that. I'm not trying to put you on blast, but if, if, you, if you struggle with having a servant's heart, you're going to miss what God's going to do. You are. Because flesh is going to get in the way. 
You can't bend down and wash crusty feet without getting your flesh out of the way. And if Jesus could do it, if Jesus could come to that level, who am I? Who am I? There's going to be a fresh anointing for ministry. Yeah, that's why the Holy Spirit fell. Do you know on the day of Pentecost, right? Pentecost Sunday, does that ring a bell? Aren't we there? That, that's why it fell. That's why it moved. That's why it sat on them. It anointed them the same way in the Old Testament you read and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David to do something or came upon Elijah to do something. The Spirit of the Lord came upon them to do something. What did it come upon them to do? To serve the kingdom of God. As He built the church, they served what He was building. Who added the 3,000 to the church that day? It wasn't Peter. Now Peter was a vessel. Peter was used by God. This is the same Peter that thought he was something, was humbled back down and Jesus restored him for the sole purpose of anointing him so that he could minister in such a way that it, whatever God did in his life, it changed 3,000 people's lives. If you don't have a servant's heart, I'm going to start praying for that because you will miss the move of God. Because I've learned those who can't serve people can't serve God either. Those who struggle with serving people, you struggle with serving God too. Because it's all about getting rid of your flesh. It's all about saying bye-bye to the flesh. Trust me. Trust me. I know. It's about remembering not just who you are, but remembering where God is taking you. I'm going to close with a story, a scripture, and then we're going to pray. The story is told of Albert Einstein who was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle punching the tickets of every passenger. When he came to Einstein, Einstein reached into his vest pocket and he couldn't find his ticket. So he reached into his trouser pockets, couldn't find his ticket there either. So he looked in his briefcase, no, couldn't find a ticket there either. He looked in the seat beside him, no ticket was found. He looked underneath him and no ticket was found. The conductor finally went up to him and said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all on this train know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein embarrassingly nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued on punching the other tickets down the aisle. And as he had gotten to the end of the aisle, he had turned to go back toward the front of that train and he had seen that Albert Einstein was still frantically looking for his ticket. 
The conductor kind of, as he was passing by, put his hand around Einstein, his arm around Einstein and said, listen, Dr. Einstein, don't worry about it. It is okay. We know you're here. We know who you are. We trust that you bought a ticket. No problem. Just, Just sit down and enjoy the train ride. Einstein then looked up at him and said, young man, I too know who I am. But what I don't know is where I'm going. And I think in the dizziness of life, sometimes we forget that. As a church, not just our identity, but where we're going. We're going to restoration. We're going to revival. We're going to that. Hebrews, so with that, there's a challenge today. Hebrews 10 And Jill, I'm just going to read this one. I'm not going to read Hebrews 11 this time. I'm going to, we're going to have to get on to that next week. But Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. Amen. Milo got it faster than anybody else in this room. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more as you feel yourself getting closer. As you feel and sense the church getting closer and closer. There's not a person in this room that wouldn't tell me things are going on and we're getting closer. There's a challenge issued before us be a church a church of the living God identified by him and given purpose for him so next week God willing we're going to talk about now what do you do what do you do when you know you're getting close what do you do let's all stand I want to pray for all of us today. And God would mold our hearts together as a servant's heart.
to serve the king. There's going to be a lot of work to do. Guys, all this that you're seeing right here, it's all, this is not a means and this is not an end. This is not a means to an end. This is a vessel God's using for a brand new beginning. For a brand new restoration for His church and revival. We have to recognize how much we need Him. Every service. Every service. we got to come into this house hungry. And if that means i got to come down to this altar and snot and cry all over it, it's okay. Jimmy will clean it up. If that means i got to sing out or praise out, or if that means i got to give somebody a bottle of cold water, if that means i got to open up the door for someone, if that means i got to put a dollar in the plate, if it means i got to serve in the nursery, nobody's like, no, don't do that! <laughs> I want to pray over every one of us today that we would truly have a servant's heart to serve God with the way He wants us to serve Him. There's an overcoming that is so close. There's, y'all, I, I challenge you to go, go home and read Revelation 3 and 7. Church of Philadelphia, there's an anointing of the Church of Philadelphia on this place on this place right now. There's an overcoming. There's an overcoming. How do I know I'm getting close? Because I've been fighting like a dog. Father, I pray over every heart in this room. And I know, Lord, that that there are so many hearts in this room that that have such a servant's heart. And I'm so grateful for that. Father, I know the enemy would try to creep in and cloud that. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would set that free. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would set free the servant's heart. and Set free an awareness of, of of you, your presence, your spirit, your face, your glory, set free in awareness of sin so that we may ask it to be washed under the blood and truly repent of that. Set free the spirit of liberty and set at liberty those who are held captive. Set free a whole new appreciation for Scripture. In fact, I am praying specifically for someone today who have had, you've had a hunger for the Word of God. It just hasn't come to you as easily as you thought. And God told me to tell you, He is going to give you revelation when you read His Word. Just dig into it and trust Him. Lord, I pray for a releasing of a fresh anointing to do Your ministry. And I pray, God, that You would mold us together to have the heart of a servant. To serve You first. God, and to serve others next. Father, we ask You to help us to remember not just who we are, but where we're going. We're going somewhere. I feel it in Jesus' name. We're going somewhere.
eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the thoughts what God has in store. Reveal it through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for those who have a servant's heart. I pray you pour into them a fresh anointing. Fill us up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn to somebody and say, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.